You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. With the first pick in the NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select 10,000 layups. 10,000. 10,000 Layups. Hello, good friends, and welcome to another episode of the 10,000 Layups podcast. I'm Kyle Radke, and I'm here with Julian Andrews. Julian, not much, man. We are recording this on a Monday night. Uh, where I'm watching the Wolves in the corner, and they're going to lose their first game of the season. So the 82-0 dream is over. Uh, right now, it's like 104 to 91 Pelicans with about a minute and a half left. Um, I We're not probably going to talk too much about this game. Pretty ugly game overall. Yeah. I, know, I know you had class, but like... Uh, you can rewatch it tomorrow if you want, but uh, yeah, cat cat, like pretty much lost his shit early in the game. What happened? Um, Like he just like, it's the, it's the classic. I think I'm fouled every play. And then instead of letting the game come to him, he gets like very aggressive. And then like he, I mean, he just doesn't play well against guys like Valanchunas, like the bigger, stronger guys. Yeah. Um, We say that. And then he's got 32 points. I know rebounds and six assists. I know, but like, there's only forty one percent for anybody field. that watched the game. Please back me up because he pretty much like dug the wolves in a hole, and then it was like the body language thing. And Anthony yeah, Edwards yeah, yeah. wasn't great to start, yeah. and he had a big third quarter. Um, but they lost. They lost to the Pelicans. But like you, you and I said at the beginning of the season, like three and zero, like the Wolves would probably be favorites in all three games. But like at the very least, you got to go two and one. Um, right, and the yeah. Wolves went two and one. So I mean, that it, it is what it is. Um, they did the very least. Yep, and that's fine. Like we we saw some very good things out of them. And um, again, like I think it is really hard to beat a team twice because I mean they play the Pelicans like three times yeah. now in like two weeks if you count For preseason. Sure. So um, okay, today's podcast we are going to go through three stats slash observations from the Wolves that like. Are, Maybe we're overreacting, or maybe it's like something that can be a long-term trend, or uh, maybe things we don't like. And then um, at the end, we're, we have a, a overall NBA um, stat or 
you know, just observation again. Yeah, basically what happened here is Kyle texted me what we were, what, what he thought we were going to be doing. And I re- really dramatically misunderstood the assignment. So coming out of it, we have a uh, two part podcast. No, well, we are, do, do we each have three so, things? So kind of. So what I did is I wrote down like three of my thoughts that are probably overreactions. Okay. I think that's fine. And and you wrote down three stats. It looks like three kind so, of stats and three thoughts. Let's just go back and forth. I think no, this let's will go be back fine. and forth. Okay. So my first stat is, um, it, it is the Timberwolves going into Monday night's game. You're probably going to listen to this on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, I think, I, I think on Wednesday, the wolves are in Milwaukee. Um, the Timberwolves have a defensive rating of 93.1, which is second in the league. Uh, defensive rating, of course, is points per 100 possessions. Um, overreaction? Um, probably. Um, the, the teams they've played so far, hot trash. Uh, but I think the if you're intrigued by anything, you're and even even with Cat getting into foul trouble and and whatever, like what you're seeing is a willingness to play defense from cat and Edwards. Yeah. And then you combine that with McDaniels, who's a good defender and a Kogi, who's a, a very willing defender. And then obviously Patrick Beverly, but you know, like, is this going to, are we going to get to the end of the season and the wolves are going to be in the top five? No, but I, I think middle of the pack is, is doable. I mean, the thing is like this defense isn't going to be that much different if they don't want to be because Beverly is really the only big change. Right. Um, I mean, if they could be above average, that would be good though. Right. Yeah. Like, well, you, you need the buy-in from guys like towns and, and Edwards. And we've seen that um, like, you're probably not going to get anything with Russell. So um, I think so far so good with what we've seen defensively, but we, again, you and I have talked about this for the last three or four years that it yeah. happens every <laughs> year where cat is engaged early. And then, it's like, oh, there now yep. like we're three weeks in and now he doesn't care again. Okay. We get like a couple of holy shit, that's cat games, you know. Yeah. And and I'm not saying that we won't get I mean, I think I don't know, I think we have different perceptions of cat a little bit, you and I, but I will say I think this is the year. You yeah. know, like if he can't maintain it throughout a season this year, then it kind of becomes a thing where you can't really rely on cat to uh maintain focus throughout an entire season um, and maintain commitment on the defensive end, especially. Um, and then you kind of start having to have a conversation about how far can you really get with cat, which I think you've already kind of started thinking about and having yeah. that conversation. But I think, and I think he knows that too. I think he knows like this yeah. year, like, okay, like put up or shut up. Like mm-hmm. I'm in my exactly. seventh year. Right. Like I got to either like be the guy Seven. or yeah. Wow. I know. All right, Julian, what you got? Um, my overreaction, number one, to the first two games, because this was, I wrote these before this game. I don't know. Maybe he's doing all right. But could we be talking about McDaniels as a dark, dark horse defensive player of the year candidate? Wow. That is a good question. Um, I'm going to say. I mean, the answer is probably no. Like, this is the thing. These are all overreactions, right? Yeah. But like, but he's looked I, pretty darn good on defense, and he's getting the stats, you know, and that's what you need to do. I think if the question is so tonight, he had uh, two blocks and a steal. So, and he was a plus three in thirty-two minutes. Um, D'Angelo Russell minus twelve. By the way, we'll get into him later. Um, 
Yeah, I I think so. I mean, like no, the answer is no, right? Can you be? But but what like can he solidify himself as like one of those guys that's like, oh shit, he's really good at defense, and then in two years from now he's an all on like all defensive team because we've talked about it, and that's like kind of half the battle is just like having people know who you are. Yeah, I guess, and I didn't really mean. I guess I should have said all defense, not DPOY, but like. I completely agree. Like you have to, as you said, you have to establish because it's a voting thing. Like you have to like establish the idea of yourself as a defensive player. Yeah. By having a, by having a season that might probably would be all defense, you know, and then maybe next year you'll get it. So I, I think that could be this year for him. Like, especially, I, I mean, I don't really necessarily expect the steals and blocks numbers to continue, but he easily could average you know like two two and two two and two right and like if he does that like he gotta at least be in the conversation well and i mean if the wolves win right if like i mean because that's when a lot of these guys comes down to yeah yeah that's like a lot of these guys like oh like they want to win an award it's like we always talk about guys like mcdaniels um or uh sorry mclaughlin and guys like that like being recognized on a big stage and it's like, well, you need to win for people to see you in the big stage. Like, we don't know if you could make it in the yeah. big stage without seeing you there. So, no, I think yeah. I think that's a good one. Like, basically, just like start that conversation, and and um, you know, you heard it here first on the Ten Thousand Lives podcast. Yeah. Um, so the the Timberwolves right now are plus three ten odds per our friends at over at DraftKings to make the playoffs. Now, uh-huh. so to clear up any confusion, this is not the playing game. So if you win the play-in game, though, you're in. Okay. Um, I don't like three to one odds. If you th- like, base so basically, if you think it's a fifty-fifty chance that the Wolves make it to the playoffs as like an eight seed, or <coughs> again, if they, I guess they could get the seven seed and then lose in the play-in, um, then they won't make it. But I don't know. Yeah. Like that, that <laughs> seems like a bet that no. you. Like if you if you think it's fifty fifty, the odds say that you should make that bet. For sure. I mean the the flip side of this is like maybe we'll get into this on a different podcast, but there are a couple of teams who we thought would look a lot better than they do. Um, and you just wrote their names down in the Google Doc. Um, <laughs> well, what I'm writing down right now is teams that we think will probably make the playoffs. Oh, see, so you started with Suns and Clippers, and they've both not looked very good. So if this is truly an overreactions podcast, then I think, yes, the wolves are more likely to make the playoffs than we thought because some of these other teams have not looked as good. Although I do think that the Suns and the Clippers will make the playoffs. I think there's more, there are going to be more opportunities to pick up some wins. Yeah. I think other teams, their odds to make it, the Grizzlies are minus two or five. And it looks like John Morant's on another planet already. Like to start the season, they, they almost beat the Lakers last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blazers minus one ninety five, and they have not looked particularly good. But I guess they blew out the Suns last night. So they had a rough opener. And yeah, against the Kings. The Suns. Yeah. Um, I think that the two the two teams that you're probably fighting with for like the play in are the Kings, and they're plus four hundred, and then the Pelicans are plus two ninety. Um, so the Pelicans getting pretty equal, uh, equal odds, and that like that's why tonight's game. And I know it's a loss against the Pelicans, and you know whatever. It's hard to beat a team in two games in a row. The only bad thing about this is, I mean, you could have solidified your spot as a two, two tie against the Pelicans without yeah. Zion. And now like you're going to have to play new, you know, play the Pelicans twice in new Orleans. 
um, mm-hmm. likely with Zion for both games. So, I mean, you have to split that. But yeah, this is a, this is a, like these odds that you mentioned the three ten. It's a tough one because, like, odds are the Wolves if they're making the playoffs, it's going to happen through the plan, you know. Yeah. And so, really, what you're betting on is do you trust the Wolves to win a, a game when it counts? And that's like a harder bet for me than will yeah. they finish in the top 10? Like, I think they will be, I think from what we've seen, if this continues, they will be in the play in game. Um, but it's hard to see them beating out the teams above them. Like it's hard to f- see them being a six or above, you know? Yeah. And it's also a little bit hard for me to imagine them coming in and like taking care of like a really motivated Grizzlies team or a really motivated blazers or Suns or, you know, yeah, I don't know. No, no, I agree. It's tough. I, yeah, I, I, it's an interesting bet, and I would have felt better. Granted, we're at game three in the season, but if they would have won tonight, but um, yeah, mostly because every game does. I mean, we talk about that all but the time. Kyle, but this like, is an overreactions pod. It's an overreaction because pod. We have three games to draw from. I will say, I do like that bet. Like just to cheer for. Like it's a fun. Yeah. Bet. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. What do you got? Um. Uh, the Wolves should find a panic team to trade for D'Lo, like right now. Okay, you and I can kind of group ours together then. Like, um, I, tell I me- think there are teams, I wrote down the Celtics and the Clippers. I tried to like go on the trade machine and like make this happen, and it, it won't. Um, but I just think like, and may, the Celtics are probably not as good. I think they're winning tonight. Um yeah, they beat oh the they beat the Hornets in overtime. Speaker's talking to me. Um, I just I think that there is something about like starting slow when you have expectations that can create the context for a very favorable D-low trade. And at this point, like from what we've seen for the Wolves, I I might just be being too negative about D-low, but I I think it is a net negative having him have the ball and take shots over the other guys on this team, and like. I don't know. There's like, I tweeted about this, but like there's these shots that he's taking. Was that the season opener when he hit that like bank shot three? That was, uh, that was, was that last Saturday. Night? No, that was, that was on Saturday night. Yeah. It's like, dude, and like, Jim, Jim Pete, who we love, he just goes, he's got ice in his veins. And you're like, well, that's he a banked really in a contested three that he just dribbled up the court and shot with like 26 seconds left in the game. And it's just like, this can't be the offense. Like this is the thing that makes me nervous about the wolves in the play in game is like Delo's propensity to just like try to play hero ball. Like he plays like he's James Harden. And in the first five not. minutes tonight, he was the same way. I mean, like turn like two turnovers, like try to force a shot in the paint. And it's like, what are you doing? Like, I know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And like the panic team, it's, I know it sounds crazy because he's got two years and $64 million left on his deal. But if all of a sudden you're at the trade deadline and like you can convince another team that you're getting basically a year and a half of Russell and like not like a long term mm-hmm. contract, I don't know if that's like entirely crazy. I mean, it is pretty clear that like, you know, you and I talked earlier in the season about we have to find McLaughlin more minutes and like where are those coming from? Yeah. And like it's coming from Russell. Like yeah. that's that's who it's going to come from because, I mean, I I think it's pretty clear that he's not part of like, you know, we thought there was going to be this like big three, and I know we're only three games in, but like, and Russell's going to have his games of like thirty or forty points, sure. right? But like, he's not in the big three. He's much more of a like he's closer to 
He's closer to Jordan Clarkson than James Harden. And, yeah, and I think like his level of importance on this team, like he's closer to Patrick Beverly than he is Carl Anthony yeah, Towns. Like for sure. Um, you know, and and with Beverly and McLaughlin, like those guys have have come in for Russell, and even tonight, like it just seems like Russell's just gonna have a short leash when he's doing stupid shit. Yeah. And I think it's gonna be like, As oh, like and like even on Saturday night, I think they put McLaughlin in for five minutes because they were like, yeah, we need somebody to actually run the offense. Right. And when you when you have guys like Edwards and Towns, that's all you need. You just need somebody to run the offense. Exactly. And, and try and like if you have Beasley on the court, like get them shots. Um, and obviously, like you know, Russell at the end of the game had some. Had, you know, I think he had eight points and that you know that three. So I guess how much can you actually complain? But it's just like he puts the Wolves in these positions where it's like. Uh, I mean, like, today he had me looking at like trade finder being like, would I do an Eric Bledsoe and Luke Kennard for D'Lo swap? And it's like the fact that I'm thinking about that means that he's not a big three, you know, like, well, tonight, <laughs> I mean, I don't, you haven't seen a stat line yet, but, uh, no. nine, he had nine points, six rebounds, four assists, two turnovers, three for 14 from the field, one for eight from the three point line, only went to the free throw line twice. He just liked to shoot threes. I mean, uh, there's a spot for D'Lo in the NBA. You know, he's a productive NBA player. He is not a star. Well, and I think what's telling is probably even more so is the fact that uh, Edwards played 40 minutes and 28 seconds. Towns played 39 minutes and 36 seconds. Although, I mean, even though he was in foul trouble early and then D'Angelo Russell, 29 minutes. So, I mean, he's playing like, you know, more than half of a quarter less than the other two big guys. Um, yeah, Jade McDaniels played more minutes than than Russell did. So because he because he contributes to winning. I mean, I know the Wolves didn't win, but he like does things out there that make the team better. And D'Lo, like the only thing he can do, I don't know. Whatever, we don't need to just like dump on D'Lo. It's but well, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you have one more. Except Russell was mine. Basically, my 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 point was D'Angelo Russell doesn't fit on the team. Um, mm-hmm. You you can like find a way to make him productive, but like it's not like the lineup is not optimized when D'Angelo Russell's playing. Yep. So what do you got? My last overreaction is a positive one, which is that I think Ant is gonna be all NBA before he turns twenty five. Yeah, I like that. Um maybe an overreaction, but like given what he did last year towards the end of that last year, kind of coming into this year, how good he's looked, like I completely see the trajectory to him being one of the best players in the league for a decade. Like I, I think it's like hard to, I mean, I feel like so much of this got lost last year in the comparison with LaMelo, who by the way, also looks phenomenal, but it's just like, it, it is such a coup for this franchise to have landed Edwards. Like he lays really good. Like the, I don't know. I think everything we've seen from him suggests that like, this is very real. I don't yeah. know. Do you agree? Oh, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like, I, the the most I tweeted this tonight. The most promising thing about Anthony Edwards is he's the least Timberwolvesy player. Yeah, that the Timberwolves <laughs> have had since Jimmy Butler, and before that, it was probably Kevin Garnett. I mean, you like you could mm-hmm. maybe talk to me about Zach Levine, but Zach Levine hasn't wasn't really Zach Levine until he got to Chicago, yeah. and I think Edwards has a you know higher ceiling than Levine does. Um, no, I totally agree. Like I think like I think Edwards is like the top. 10 guy in yeah. the league where like you're talking about like, you're not talking about if he's going to make an all-star game. Like you're talking about how many, like yeah. you're, you're thinking like if you're the wolves right now and you're Sasha and Gupta, 
you're looking at your salary cap and you're already like factoring in that he's going to get like the super, super max and yeah. like the you know the, the bonus for making an all nba like those are things you have to think of um yeah. and the th- the thing about him and i don't mean this to like shit on cat at all but like i i, I messaged one of my buddies about this tonight and i just said the difference between cat and uh edwards is like at the beginning of the game and granted like towns had a great stat line so like yeah, yeah, yeah. W- w- he bounced back and he was fine but the difference is like when things aren't going right towns looks completely frustrated mm-hmm. he always wants to kind of like look around and like see whose fault it is and edwards just like gets shit done he finds a way yeah and he gets the the team and the like this players around him motivated to want to contribute and not like play the blame game and like you know eventually like finch is gonna have to get towns under control when it comes to that but you you just see like edwards and how special he is because it's basically like all right, like I missed my first. I think he was like 0 for 5 or 0 for 6 to start out. It might have been worse than that. And then he was, you know, like 8 for 13 in the third quarter. Yeah. And that, like, guys like that, like, you you keep going. Yep. I mean, Edwards, like, is one of, I think he's simultaneously one of the most, like, flashy, fun players I've ever watched. And also, like, one of those guys where you're like, what did Edwards do tonight? It's like, oh, he had 30 points, you know? Cause he just, he just finds, he just finds a way to like make it happen. Hey, um, would you trade cat right now for Aiton and Michael Bridges? Oh boy. Probably not. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I don't think so either, but I was just like thinking about I this. Like so I was like with all the Aiton stuff going on with the sun, yeah. like he's on the block, like the cat thing kind of makes it's I funny. Read it if somewhere. you had told me that in the playoffs, I probably would have said, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think that Towns is just too special offensively where like Towns is one of the most gifted offensive big men we've ever seen where mm-hmm. Aiton I think will go down as like a really solid center, but mm-hmm. I don't think he's, which I think that's why the Suns don't really want to pay him, which is silly, yeah. but I don't think they see him being as like the one a guy on a team, which I don't know if Towns is either, but no, it's fair. It's um, just like, if you think Edwards is going to be one a, and that's not like, are you worried about that at all? Am I like, worried? Kind of, if if this, it seems like you're in the camp that Edwards is the one A of the future. Yes. So does does it concern you? Like, do you feel like because of that you need to move Cat? No, do you I think don't. That the two of them can coexist. I think they can co- coexist. I do too. I do I, too. For the record, yeah, I, I I think that's totally fine. Um, the thing with Carl, and maybe it's like the whole roster in general. I think once they start winning, and that might yeah. not come with Carl in the roster, but like. Once you start winning and you you can start to buy in to those little things like making the sacrifices, mm-hmm. I just don't think that like they've won enough and Carl hasn't seen sacrifices he makes ever pay off. So I think it's, it's hard that is to, actually like, a really good point. I think it's hard for him to completely buy into doing all the little shit when he's done the little shit and like it doesn't hasn't really paid off. It is true that every time Carl has sacrificed himself for the good of the team, he's just kind of been thrown under the bus. Yeah, by, like various players organization you know you name it but and so so like i don't think that cat is has necessarily right now the right mindset to like be a prolonged winner for the moment but at the same time there's nothing and he's alluded to this in his press conferences like there's nothing in his history that would have helped him become that you know, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm still super optimistic about town. I love cat. So yeah. Well, back, back to the suns for a little bit, like everybody kept talking about how 
and and I think Booker and Aiton even alluded to this, like like their run to the finals, although they didn't win, like it changed the complete trajectory of their career because now they know like what goes into making that run. They know what like as teammates, like what you need to do, blah, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, where it's like they have that experience now. And like, obviously it's not guaranteed they go to another finals, but like having that experience is better than not where the one time the wolves went to the playoffs, it was a season in which, Jimmy Butler was throwing everybody underneath the bus and yeah. everybody on the team fucking hated each other. I know. Like, I think that there are a lot of things that get tossed around in NBA media and in NBA circles that are kind of just like these platitudes, but like championship experience, you know, that's something you hear a lot. Yeah. I don't think that that's one of them. Like, no. I think there is something different and concrete about players who have one at high levels of the game that there's something that they understand that other players do not. And we see that over and over and over again, that we bring those people into the building. They make your team better. Um, and I think now that's, you know, how great is it for Booker and Aiton that now that's something that they get to have, but they're 23, you yeah. know, and 25, they're not like, you know, Trevor Reza, <laughs> you know, yeah. getting signed to, to, I mean, I don't think he's been on one of those, you know, one of those like journeymen. No, I get that late in their careers. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's bring Jared Dudley on so we can tell, yeah, right. tell the young kids. <laughs> yeah. Um, before we get into our NBA overreaction, we want to thank our good friends over at DraftKings. The NBA is back. And at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA, the key to victory is a strong starting five. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game. And if they do, you win $200 in free bets. So why not make the, your roster... Um, this read is kind of funny. They're talking about like Washington, 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 Washington. Basically, they're saying dollar bills. I thought it was a read for the Washington um, Wizards, team? which it's not. Um, but anyways, download this DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and you win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with a promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an authorized sports betting partner of the NBA must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, and before we get into this, I want to say our, our next podcast will be on Thursday. We'll record. It'll be up Friday morning. We have Chris Hine from the Star Tribune. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're excited to, to have him. So We're going to make him name hit singles from... His Every top, year, starting his, in 1980. Yep, and his top 25 karaoke songs. Yeah, and his yeah. top 10 Mariah Carey songs. Yep, that's so all going to get ready for that. No, get we're going to talk to him about basketball. He's one of my favorite reporters. I think he does a phenomenal job and sometimes is overlooked just on Twitter, but um, he doesn't tweet as much as everybody else does, but he's really, really good, so I'm excited yeah. to have him. He is He is very good. He's one of those guys that... Um, and I, I I don't mean this as an insult. I mean it as like he's constrained like by like by the newspaper, right? Yeah. I mean he works like, for the trib, yeah. Yeah. Like basically if like if he doesn't like it's the like the four hundred and fifty I mean, same with Jace, right? Like yeah. you have four hundred and fifty words you need to fit into this like little box. And, and you need to write it in fifteen minutes. And <laughs> we, we like Jace or uh, uh uh Chris is the only guy that travels and traveling he's with will the team all beat the, time. the shit out of you. Like I remember talking to Jerry Zagoda about this years ago and he just was talking about how like he was just he's just so tired all the time because you're just on the road, you're on the yeah. grind 
all the time. So we'll talk to him about a few things. Um, Julian, I don't have an NBA overreaction, but I think you do. Oh, um, yeah. Again, uh, as a result of misunderstanding the assignment, I thought we were writing them about the whole NBA, not the Wolves. Um, I wrote the Suns are in trouble, and then I crossed it off, and then I wrote the Hornets are already contenders. Like, could these Hornets be last year's Hawks? Oh, I think so. You know, like I, I would not be shocked if they made the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen, but I wouldn't be like, you know, what planet th- am I on? They're three and one. They beat the the Celtic or they lost to the Celtics tonight. I'm almost positive, but they beat them it. the other night. Yeah. So Boston, yeah, Boston won tonight. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, we talk about Lamelo uh, and Anthony Edwards, um, and like it's, I think it's probably one of those like both can be the right answer. Um, I think the wrong answer is uh, James Wiseman, but um, like Lamelo is the perfect player for Charlotte. It looks like. 23 points, seven assists, six rebounds per game. Like he's very, very good. And Anthony Edwards on the team with, you know, Miles Bridges and Gordon Hayward. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Like probably wouldn't fit in all that well. Like I don't know. Like, or, you know, maybe he'd be so talented that it wouldn't matter. I don't know. Um, I'm such a believer that like where you go is such a huge, huge factor of, oh, yeah. Like, what, what your success is going to look like. I mean, it's the same with anybody in any career, right? Like, there's going to be people that are so good at what they do that it doesn't matter. They're going to like figure it out. But, um, and eventually like, I, I feel like those players will, but, um, yeah, no, I, I like that take. Um, I mean, and you mentioned him, but miles bridges has been unbelievable really good this year. So if, so if he can become kind of a, a two slash a one B and then you have Hayward and then, uh, if PJ Tucker can kind of keep becoming a productive player and like LaMelo obviously is, going through the roof but pj or or miles bridges like second game of the season 30 points seven rebounds next game against the nets which they won 32 points nine rebounds tonight in a loss but still 25 points 10 rebounds like this kind of this guy's good like and i think that he gets very overshadowed by lamello as he should but i think i think that this hornets team has some you know we, we kind of talked about like how far will LaMelo drag the Hornets? And I think that that's still kind of true, but they got some other pieces as well. No, I I agree. I like that take. Uh, My take is going to be that the Toronto Raptors who are, they fell to one and three tonight, but they're not going to be as bad as we think. Um, And it's not because of necessarily players on their team, but I think Nick nurse is going to play the hell out of these guys. Yeah. Uh, Like look at this tonight. They're starting five. Scotty Barnes, rookie 39 minutes. OJ Ananobi, 38 minutes. Precious Achua, 28 minutes. Gary Trent Jr., 36 minutes. Fred Van Vliet, 43 minutes. I don't know if Scotty any of this has is, looked good. He has looked really good. I don't know if any of this is good for like the overall team, but this <laughs> seems like a team that might just like eke out 39 wins. Yeah. Um, and like play in the play-in. And we're like, wait, what? Like, why didn't the Raptors try to like tank? And I don't I think like Nick Nurse is and Pascal's coming back too. Yeah. Yep, and I think he could be primed for a bounce back and here. It does seem like Goran Dragic is probably going to be on the move somewhere at some oh, yeah. point, um, like maybe the Mavericks. But um, okay, sweet. Well, that is all we have for this episode uh, on Thursday. Like I said, we'll have Chris Hine and we'll have uh, our three-star sports card corner. So um, cool. Well, we appreciate you guys listening, Julian. Thank you as always. Peace. Although we did misunderstand the assignment, um, yeah. we both got A's. So. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. A plus. Um, all right. We'll talk to you guys later this week. Ten thousand layups.